I'm in a dream. I'm nothing like the others. I own this world. This game was meant for you, William. But you must play it alone. Where is the center of the maze? I'm your host Laura, uh, don't worry I'm still just on my just do the podcast and talk about Westworld loop, nothing dangerous, and um, bringing themselves back online to talk everything Shogun World with me are Gary and Mac. Hiya. Hi Laura. If you haven't already, we highly recommend that you check out our Way Out Westworld interview. It's a special podcast with actor Lewis Hertham. Lewis was incredibly generous with his time and let us into his ideas on a couple of theories and what it's like coming face to face with Sir Anthony Hopkins. That interview is live. You'll find it on the podcast subscription service of your choice. Today, we're talking about I Canny No My, episode five of season two. So as usual, if you haven't caught up yet, you should tread very carefully. We started off the episode with a quick hello to the Mesa, where a sad looking Bernard appears to be staring at the body of poor Teddy. And one throwaway line about a cradle has haunted our every waking moment (laughs) before recording this podcast today. We got to take our first big trip to Shogun World, the park that makes Westworld look like Disneyland. There, Maeve and the gang came face to face with their doppelgangers. I'm going to already nickname one of them the girl with the dragon face tattoo. I'm getting in there Very early. Good. Yep, good Very one. good. And we got not one, but two Raman Jawadi cover songs. Cash rules everything around Maeve. Back in Sweetwater, Terry and Dolores had a very, very difficult, it's not me, it's your white hat <laughs> chat. <laughs> This episode was not for the faint-hearted. The production budget of Fake Blood was only surpassed by the licensing fees for that Wu-Tang Clan song. So, gentlemen, what just happened? Uh, Where do we we want to start here? Probably the bloodiest episode so far. Very, a lot of gratuitous violence. Um, Didn't really expect half of a head to be sawn off. I'm going to say that that's maybe one of the worst the most violent things I've seen on a TV show. That was brutal. Yep. It was insane. It was so slow as well. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. wow. You really don't mess with her. No, you, really you do not. Yeah, but you can understand why she's done it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's crossed many lines. Yes. <laughs> and his way to that. Yes. Yeah. Worst, worst of which was what he did with Sakura. Yes. Our new favourite and then now deceased character. Yeah. She was in it for a short time, but yes. we liked her. Um, so Shogun World was pretty interesting, mm-hmm. especially when we discovered that Sizemore really hadn't written anything new for that, yeah. <laughs> that world. Yeah. Same same kind of storyline, same kind of characters, mm-hmm. even down to the same layout in yes. some senses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just felt it was it was quite funny in in two ways. Um, it was almost like Sizemore was the writers of Westworld and saying, look, we need to come up with this stuff, so we may as well crib the notes. And it 
uh, crib the story, sorry, and it also could be a kind of funny look at Hollywood, for example, just churning out sequels with, with very similar storylines. Yep. Shogun World is almost like the the sequel to like Scream. So this is like Scream Two. It's bloodier. It's gorier. More or less the same story. Isn't there a kind of past history experience of a lot of Western films and samurai films following yeah. the same yeah, kind yeah. of stories? Like Seven Samurai and the Magnificent Seven. It was some definite parallels along with us. Yeah, it's almost like they're dropping a little hint there. So it takes place during the the Edo period. Um, where shoguns ruled, shoguns were put in place by the emperors, um, and then they had their daimyo under them who were kind of like the feudal rulers. Um, so we met a lot of new faces who Maeve quickly dispersed with her new Neo from the Matrix powers. <laughs> yeah, it was quite spectacular, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a good power to have. It's, it's, it's almost an unfair advantage, but yeah, I'd let, I'm, I'm glad that Maeve's got those powers. I've tried just angrily looking at people and thinking Japanese in my head, and no one's ever done what I've wanted them to do. No. no. So I'm pretty jealous of these powers. I found it fascinating with Maeve, including the line that you mentioned at the start about her finding a new voice. Um, given the state of the entertainment industry at the moment and the Me Too movement and women now finding their voices, I find, I find it pretty on the nose about the message that it's putting across but it's still doing so in an entertaining way yeah Westworld has and a lot of the episodes managed to parallel current events especially well, you've got the data breaches you've mm-hmm. got corporations gathering data now you've got the Me Too movement yeah they've um, it's I, I still think Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are the true witches of this <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. true witches so Maeve yeah Maeve manages to I mean first of all Samurai Battle I mean, there's ninjas, mm-hmm. never a bad thing in a television show. Maeve disperses them all with some thoughts, works her way up to this new moment. Last scene of the episode was spectacular. Yeah. It was our kind of Kill Bill it was showdown. A, it was a great moment. I, I'd been looking forward to Shogun World, or Samurai World, as I was calling it, uh, from the season finale of season one. And it did not disappoint. And it was, it was. I felt it was an episode you could follow a lot easier. It was a lot more yep. linear. Uh, had a definite storyline start to finish, apart from the cradle moment that you mentioned at the start. Yes. But it was, you know, it had everything. It was it was gory, but it wasn't, you know, gratuitous. Mm-hmm. I felt it, it, it was, you know, very apparent of Shogun World. People go to Shogun World because they find Westworld too tame. Yep. And that was exactly it. I don't know if I'd enjoy Shogun World and that at any point during the night, ninjas will creep into your house and try and fight you. This is what I loved about this episode. It created more atmosphere in that one hour than we've had for the rest of the, the, the predecessing... Predecessing? No, the previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that whole moment when the ninjas came down from the rooftops, that was just spectacularly done. And even everything down to the costume details the set design it was it was fantastic i thought it was a really you know how we talked we just speaking about the doppelgangers and the, and the kind of uh, the stories being repeated but it was also a really clever way of introducing us to new characters yep. and us understanding who are these characters who are their motives and where do they place within shogun world in about a 30 second period absolutely yeah. just knew instantly yeah oh she's got a dragon face tattoo yep. she's like armistice the look on armistice's face was just you wouldn't forget it. Yeah. She was my favourite character in that episode just for all of the loving glances. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Because you know how sometimes you meet someone and you're like, they're just like me, we're now best friends. Yeah. It was like that in a heartbeat yeah. for her. 
Also, is this not the episode that Sizemore came into his own? I, th- I thought he had some proper laugh out loud moments. Some he, of the dialogue he had was quality. His, he was great. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed him. His outfit was laugh out loud. I loved it. Just seeing him in the corner. I mean, it's it's finally making sense why she's carried him. Yep. Even she realizes. Yeah. yeah. He's actually quite a handy guide, yeah. and and he's finally the one going. Don't speak to them in English. That's rude. <laughs> They'll never follow what you're trying to say. Absolutely. Yeah, it was that that at the start when um, Maeve really thinks that she's told them to stop that and put everyone down <laughs> and just... Gagger. Yeah, that was a <laughs> fantastic moment. Because, yeah, you do worry with Maeve now having this Neo-Matrix power that, yeah, she can just do anything and now, now tell anyone power, to do anything. I, I, Am I right in saying that she's maybe tapped into the mesh network here? That this voice is, she's essentially, she is able to connect with all the hosts around her mm-hmm. because... So she's a satellite? It, yeah, kind of like, she, so she can, if, if someone's close to her, she can tap into their mesh network and tell them to do right. what, you know, what she's thinking because that's, I mean, the scientific in my head, the scientific uh, explanation of it, because if we're simply just going to give her godlike powers, <laughs> that seems a wee bit daft. There's got to be an explanation for mm-hmm. it. And will she also be able to look through their coding to work out what their motivation, or is this just going to be a straightforward, you stop, you sit down? Well, maybe as the story progresses in Westworld, that's what's going to happen. She's going to start to harness these powers, learn about them, and use them for her own ways. I mean, it's going to be interesting when she... I mean, I'm assuming her and Dolores are going to come face-to-face again. If if Maeve is now has these powers, she's got ultimate power over everybody. So we got to meet Rinko Kikuchi's character this week, who it turns out is very, very similar to Maeve's character. Mm-hmm. So she is the <clears throat> Akane of the title. So the title, when translated, means the Red Dance. Um, so. Apt. Apt, Very yes, apt. Yes. Um, <laughs> Crimson. It's probably not going to take too much working out, but red probably meant blood. Uh, yes. In this episode. So dance meant dance. Yes. <laughs> dance meaning dance, red meaning blood. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, she had a very, very powerful role for such a yeah. lot of backstory, lot of. I mean, I truly, truly believed her and Sakura, their relationship from the get go, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. level of protection. Yeah. Sakura yeah. does seem to be under threat a lot. Oh yeah, she she just looked harassed the entire time in that show, uh, right up until she gets stabbed. Um, was, and I, I have yeah. to say, I initially thought that Sakura was more Maeve's, the kind of Maeve's daughter role, but then it obviously it was a kind of more Clementine role. But you could just see that Maeve realised that there was a connection there, yeah. and that's what she empathised with her. And it's nice that Maeve is putting aside her own story her own uh, narrative whether it's guided or not whether it's free will or not she's put that aside for a moment to help someone else out in need because she has seen this and has Mm -hmm. done this many a time yeah i mean it's interesting seeing the contrast between what maeve's doing and what dolores is doing where dolores is doing everything for her Mm -hmm. yeah and obviously the turn of events with teddy whereas maeve seems to see the bigger picture which makes me feel as if I'm rooting for this side of the, the Westworld divide. Yeah, Team Maeve's definitely easier to love at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's gathering almost like a fellowship. Yeah, She's got yeah. a little fellowship on the go. Everyone's going to work towards this. Dolores is just ruling with an iron fist at mm-hmm. the moment. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was fast. The Mariposa 
um, takeover, trying to get the safe, like mm. everything, all those beats being similar to the previous episodes, mm-hmm. yet these new relationships being so, so believable. Yeah. So believable. Um, it was just great as well seeing Hector have someone else to face off with. Yeah, it was yeah. funny just seeing almost a look of indignation that there's someone else similar to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's not the only badass in town Yeah, he's anymore. not the only yeah. brooding yeah. handsome. Yeah, yeah. Man with scar <laughs> and hat. Yeah, so Sakura, um, she had the, you know, quite a sad life. Sad, short mm-hmm. episode life. Mm-hmm. Kind of bullied most of the episode, taken in by the Shogun. They carved a cherry blossom into her back, which is also quite apt in that, well, it was very on the nose because Sakura means cherry blossom. Right. And then they've literally just carved a cherry blossom tree to make her prettier, apparently, into her back. But because we, with Westworld, trust nothing and look into everything, a cherry blossom is a omen of good fortune, <laughs> an emblem of love and affection, or an enduring metaphor for the fleeting nature of mortality. Mm. I'm going to go the third one. Yeah. yeah. Definitely going to go the third one. <laughs> I don't think there's anything fortunate about having that carved in your back. No. no. And it's interesting as well that they've... the So we know the Shogun was glitching. We know yep. that he had the... The fluid coming out. Cor- here. Yeah, cor- cortical? cortical fluid. Yeah, yeah, fluid coming out. So we, we guess that he's he's not woke, he's glitching, which is a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. He's off the rails. Um, yeah, we know he's, he's brought her in to do this dance, carved this into her back, which is weird because you'd have thought tattoos are fine, like tattoos yep. are an option. Why are we now carving? Especially if you want the girl to dance later on. Shogun world, baby. Oh, Shogun world. <laughs> That's it goes down. Shogun world is off the charts. Um, so yeah, brings her out to do this dance, kills her. We get the beautiful, beautiful Wu-Tang Clan dance at the end mm-hmm. before an absolutely incredible battle absolutely incredible battle ending with Maeve holding a sword holding a katana ready to take on everyone yep. even though she could probably just think it and it'll all go away <laughs> oh yeah she was just like bring it on and I thought I was like oh don't end it there come on yeah. another 10 minutes please <laughs> I'll take even just 5 more minutes yeah. till everyone's safe because yeah I mean the gang the gang is split now the Hectors and the Armistices mm-hmm. yep. have been captured Maeve is out on her own so this is a big detour for her mm-hmm. overall plot yeah. goal of finding her daughter uh-huh. yeah it also feels as if she's kind of lost the anchor that she may have had um, the people that were keeping her on that path so it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here because I'm guessing that she's going to almost be protective of Akani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, she empathises with her. Yeah. She, 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 she gets her struggle and she gets her kind of plight and maybe that could be as much as, you know, I'm saying Maeve has these kind of godlike powers. Maeve's, you know, maternal instinct and her instinct for love could actually be her downfall mm-hmm. that she gets you know, led off the path, whereas Dolores is like, I know exactly what I'm going for <laughs> yeah. and I'm taking no prisoners. You wonder as well if it's going to be that it's not the family that Maeve thought she had, it's this new family she should be fighting for yeah. and, and will this, will yeah, she get to the end absolutely. of the, the series and have that moral message? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the events of this episode have made her an incredible foe to Dolores, who still kicking about Westworld, has no idea any of this is happening at the moment, has no idea Maeve has just gone next level. Mm-hmm. And we'd already kind of seen tense words between the two 
few episodes ago, thinking they might start to face off soon. How's Dolores going to react when Maeve comes back and just thinks thoughts and they happen? This could go nuclear. Yeah. It mm. could literally... Well, not literally. It could go yeah. nuclear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't know what the weapon is, but we yeah. hope it's not that. Jeez, that would be a, a way to end the series, wouldn't it? I wanted to ask you guys something about um, just in Shogun world. Obviously, there was they were running narratives and they, that they're talking about. Oh, this is the Army of Blood storyline. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that, and this could make me sound quite stupid here, but I'm assuming that the hosts in all the parks are now. You know, kind of after the massacre, they are ready to attack and they're ready to attack guests. And you could see that they'd attacked some of the the, the QA and some of the uh, security. But are they still running their narratives as well? Is that what's happening? Uh, because I know we we had to understand who these characters were, but if they're running narratives, I mean, it feels as though there is one side of it is that the narrative is still there to yeah. a point, but when. Sizemore realises that a canny stabbing the Shogun's helper in the mm. eye wasn't, wasn't part of the right. script. Yeah. I think he's also realising now that things aren't going to go the way that he's expected mm. it because there was almost a cocky confidence with him Yeah, when you've seen the exchange taking place mm-hmm. and he thought, I can't know where this is going until he didn't. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I still think the narrative might be there at a a lower level uh-huh. but there's still something there that's keeping them on some form of track yeah it's almost as if like so the narrative is like the automatic thing that they do but now that there's people are starting to come in who they don't know like Maeve and Hector mm-hmm. they react in those ways yes because right. even Sizemore does mention how Hector's reacted yeah yeah that idea of you should never really meet your doppelganger who knows what's going <laughs> to uh-huh. happen yeah. and as it turns out is Hector gets a bit jealous and Armistice yeah. just stares <laughs> lovingly <laughs> And tries to touch her face for a bit. Yeah, it's. I think that's. I think there's something to be said about just resetting to default. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably been written into their code already that if something different happens, here's how they react. And fair enough, their reaction when they're faced with the QA is to mm-hmm. tie them to trees and murder them all. Yeah. But there will come a point of their coding where it'll be right reset to default, mm-hmm. and you've all got yeah. to go back. And especially if you're told to listen to the Shogun and the Shogun's glitching. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what you're going to end up doing? <laughs> mm, like, if true. it's written in that you just follow him blindly and then he's wanting to bring dancers and just sit and hunt down witches, mm. you're going to have to follow him, really. Yeah. Just going to have to follow him. So, back in Sweetwater, um, Dolores and Teddy have what is like a really nice date <laughs> situation, which started my alarm bells going. Um, mainly when they had their nice talk beautiful beautiful scenery and Dolores goes into the the blue tongue here's how my dad got rid of an infection once the, the test yes yeah yeah I mean in any relationship there's going to be a test at some point who knew this would have been it who knew it was how would you deal with yeah and also an infected you, flock you don't want to find out that you're the infected flock that she's referencing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is it it's yeah there's there are more clearer ways to break up with yeah. someone they you know he, she invites him back. They have a lovely sepia-toned night of lovemaking. And then, middle of the night, you get woken up with a, there's something we need to discuss, which is never, never a good thing. Never a good thing. <laughs> I was once woken up at 6am by my boyfriend going, we need to talk about something. Do you smell gas? And that was an actual gas leak. <laughs> it's never a good thing. 
Never ever. Before I knew it, there was a strange gas man in my house and all of the windows were open and I thought things were going to explode. There is no no good time in the middle of the night for that conversation. Mm, yeah. He should not have gone up. No. He should have went, could we just wait till tomorrow? <laughs> but Terry's him? too nice. He, he's it. He's it. Dolores's beck and call, you yeah, know, just, he, he really is. He is the he's a puppy dog, and and this Dolores does not need that in her army. No. She needs no. someone who's going to take charge. She basically needs another her. She's yes. got a lot of other hers though. But when you think Teddy's about our, it, Teddy's a right hand man. So That's who it. better to have another her than the, the right one she? Man. Yeah, exactly. This is it. It's it's that way. If she wants some of the qualities of Teddy, mm-hmm. not although not that many when you think about it. Like, she likes the backstory with Teddy, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really like his Teddy. charm. Yeah, she doesn't like anything about <laughs> no, him. No, not at all. It's not our relationship. I like how we met Teddy, but see now, can you change? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love you, but everything about you is wrong. <laughs> and for the forthcoming apocalypse, I'm going to need you to just up all of your anger settings. Yeah. So we've seen this happen before. We've seen Bernard go in and turn Rebus's mm-hmm. anger settings down yep. in his say. You know, caring settings up. This mm-hmm. was a reverse rebus, an unwokening. <laughs> oh yeah, very much an unwokening. He has gone back to basically full on black hat. Mm-hmm. Where do we think he's gonna? What do we think he's gonna do now? Oh, well, I hope. I certainly hope it doesn't backfire for Dolores because if you know she likes the certain elements that make Teddy Teddy. Obviously, not the kind of stone cold killer that she really wants of him. But if he becomes that, and then he, what if he starts to take over a little bit? Well, if he starts to call the shots, she's not going to like that. Is that not... Are we not kind of thinking that the opening scene with Bernard looking over Teddy's body is almost foreshadowing of sorts? Yes. It's not boding well for him. No. No, no, it's, it's not going to go well. We were watching it, and as the camera drifted over, it was a proper... Was that Teddy? What What's happened? Yeah. <laughs> How did he end up there? <laughs> yeah, and now we can see where this is going to lead him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it could either be that he's going to sacrifice himself for Dolores to stay alive, or he's going to get ditched from the gang because she'll realise, actually, I didn't want you to be that <laughs> yeah. different. We all like a bad boy, but yeah. <laughs> no, not like this. Yeah. Like, I kind of wanted you to be really kind and considerate, but also kill my enemies, <laughs> and you've just taken it too far. We've all had that conversation. <laughs> in a relationship haven't we we've all been there yeah it's it's not it's not looking good for teddy um i have my suspicions as well as about how he ends up wiped how they were saying at the very start that Mm -hmm. like a third of the hosts that they've found didn't have a didn't have a print on them like virgin mines nothing's ever Mm -hmm. been there so poor teddy you wonder if teddy's getting sacrificed at some point to some greater experiment Mm -hmm. who do you think is doing that who do you think's um wiping do you think it's dolores is with our wee qa person coming along and wiping people or do you think it's bernard bernard i think bernard because i don't think the qa guy has it in him i feel like at any given moment he will take off and run like the second (laughs) he thinks their backs are turned he's away because he wasn't too happy about changing teddy no, was, no. You know, but he also knows that Dolores could kill him. So I, I think he is quite happy to play along with us just now. Because why? Did, why couldn't he just do that to Dolores? If he really wanted to make a, if he wanted to be a hero, step up, he could do that to Dolores. Yeah. He could, but it would probably shorten the season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Realistically, if you were him, if you had a chance of survival, but yeah, I, don't, I, I get that. I get that. Westworld's only six episodes this time because Dolores apologised to everyone (laughs) (laughs) and has returned home. 
Yeah, the Bernard and Teddy, I I feel like Bernard will have something to do with it, but my other theory is that when um, Dolores' QA said, you know, look, massively changing them without a factory reboot, we can't guarantee what's going to happen here. You wonder if when you turn the dials up to 11, if he's just going to start glitching. Right, Is he yeah. going to go the way of Bernard and start having the shakes and... Perhaps. And need you know need someone to to intervene. Is Teddy gonna? Is that gonna, happen, gonna go? Is that gonna happen to Maeve then? Because she's got a lot of stats turned up. Uh, Maeve seems Maeve's done it in a clinical environment with the help of Felix and Sylvester. That's, that's true. The only yeah. thing that makes me think maybe she's okay is mm-hmm. because she's been through all, every time she went back and got something changed. She did the die reset yeah. back in the park cycle. Mm-hmm. Whereas Teddy, they're literally just standing next to some. Turning the volume up. Yeah, yeah dead meat turning the volume up, hoping for the best. Hoping yeah, it will aye. work. That's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like putting your creator wrestler up to 99 and hoping for the best. Yeah. 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 It's it's not it's not looking too positive. I mean, part of me is... I mean, Mac, you weren't a big fan of Teddy, the Milky Bar Kid, no. as you have affectionately <laughs> referred yeah, yeah. him a few times. Do you think he's going to get more interesting? I do, absolutely. I mean, if, if your aggression's right up and... and Dolores has set him up to be this uh, the the kind of person she needs in his in her army. Um, I think he's going to be a lot more interesting, um, but it's it's not going to be Teddy anymore. It's not going to be James Mar- Marsden's really good. I think he's such a great actor, and the way he plays Teddy, it's like oh come on Teddy, come on yeah. stand up for yourself. <clears throat> now he's going to stand up for himself. It's not going to be the he's not going to be the Milky Bar Kid anymore. No, it's going to be the bourbon man. <laughs> <laughs> From beige to rage. Oh, absolutely. Beige That's it. Beige to rage. It was a, a nice moment of Dolores again, rather than Wyatt. Yeah. You know, I hope it was Dolores rather than Wyatt when they were having the relationship chats, but it was nice to see the that emotional side, that connection, because we've only really seen Dolores that one other time when she was speaking to, to her dad, Peter Abernathy. Yeah. Um, when those discussions were taking place. So I, I would hope that there's that bit of... If Wyatt is forcing this change, that there's that bit of Dolores that is keeping him around rather than ditching him. Because why wouldn't they just get rid of him? They've gotten rid of a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Surely, like, Major Craddock or someone like that, you'd have kept on because yeah. he's... Yeah, military yeah. man. Yeah, bad to the bone to begin with. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Whereas the fact they're keeping Teddy and just adjusting him makes you think maybe they've got bigger plans for yeah. him. Maybe there's that... I think there's also there's also the the, the the thought process that there's that connection she has with him. Mm-hmm. So could she really go through with completely killing him off? I don't think she could. There's 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 a look between the two of them that you know there's an affection. So I don't think she could really completely kill him off this way. She still got Teddy to a point. Whether or not that's going to be the Teddy she wants is a different story. Yeah, whether he's going to be so nice and so mm-hmm. willing to go along with her plans when yeah. he's now, you know, gone through this drastic emotional shift. Yeah. Starts wearing a lot of black clothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and making his own rules. <laughs> It'll, yeah, I think uh, I think Teddy's only going to get get more interesting because, in fairness, he was a bit he was a bit lost the past few episodes, and he was just kind of milling about and. Letting people get away. Yeah, letting yeah. people get away and just kind of following Dolores and questioning her every move. So maybe she was just fed up with the questions. Yeah, maybe she was just disappointed. Yeah. I, that actually is a really good point. And, and it's something I wanted to bring up today was just about the whole point of free will and choices. Like, the whole point of season one 
was that the hosts were striving to get this choice to have agency and yep. make their own decisions. And now that some of them have Dolores, Maeve, they're actually, you know, they're doing bad things with these choice, with this free will. Um, and they're almost becoming more like humans. When we have the free choice, some humans decide to do bad things. Right, so basically I felt that Maeve and Dolores were robbing others of free choice. They had yep. free choice themselves and they're deciding, right, I have free choice, I have agency, but you guys can't have it. Yeah, and they're making people not have it. So is, that's, that's surely a bad thing. That's, they are kind of, that's almost villainous. I think, yeah, there's, it's definitely a good point and I think it is uh, not every situation will be happy and everyone working together and that's it. Not all personalities with free choice are going to make decisions that, that everyone agrees mm-hmm. with. And Maeve, you can see that she has an emotional connection. She's making a lot of emotional choices. Dolores, not in it for that, not in it for loyalty or friendship or or the herd she's just in it to get her revenge Mm -hmm. and and move on and it is you know all of the hosts have been through the same things the same scenarios of the newcomers coming into town and having their way and following along with their um the newcomers desires but yeah you've got two two female hosts that have very opposite paths to go down yeah i I just felt that they weren't you know, as much as they were been striving for for free choice, they are not letting anybody else really have it. Um, Teddy is now going to be how Dolores wants him to. So Dolores and Teddy, it will be interesting to see what Ted, how the new Teddy, Teddy two point is in the next few episodes. Um, our big evil talking Ted. point, evil Ted. <laughs> there oh, we go. Evil Ted, <laughs> evil <laughs> Ted. So we. Um, we have mentioned it already that there was a throwaway line. We haven't actually discussed this with Gary because we wanted to get his just off the top of his head reaction to Can this theory. Can I just theory. add here that Laura likes to deep dive into theories and then throw them into the mix. So I don't know what to expect here. Yeah, yeah. and Laura's also explained it to me, but I'm very thankful that she's going to explain it again. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the cradle theory kicking about now that... Okay. Right, brace yourself. Okay, you let's, let's do down, this. Let's if you weren't do- sitting down already, I'd get you to sit down. Right. It all is to do with Bernard. So we're very confused as to what timeline he's on. Mm-hmm. He seems to be on at least two that we could see. Sometimes he has a scar, sometimes he doesn't have a scar. This cradle keeps getting mentioned in a lot of throwaway lines, like one sentence an episode, someone will just talk about the cradle. And it's usually the the people that work within Delos. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the cradle, I believe, is that the cradle is a simulation that they're running on Bernard at the moment. So he's running the simulation, they're putting him through all these scenarios, and they're trying to dig, mine him for information, basically. Mm-hmm. Because everyone else in the scenarios asks Bernard a lot of questions. Sometimes he's got the scar, sometimes he doesn't have the scar. There's situations where, like, he woke up on the beach and the security forces grabbed him. Now, if they still believe he's a human, surely someone should have went, you are right, mate? How you doing? What happened? Are you okay? But no, they just did a walk and talk. They were like, you're coming with us. We're getting you back to HQ. Yeah. He, everyone around him, trusts him, asks him a lot of questions. No one's delving into deep. You've got the situation with Charlotte where he managed to get through the door into the, H, the secret lair. Yeah. 
You've got a situation with Elsie, who we don't even know is alive, but then turns up in a cave. She's looking great. She's been missing for like five days. Last time we saw her, she was bludgeoned. Mm-hmm. She's turning up looking like she's just had a shower, a really relaxing night's sleep, but apparently has been living in that cave for five days, only eating protein bars. Doesn't really ask too many questions, just goes along with Bernard. And there is that moment in the episode where Bernard himself goes, I'm not here. Elsie's not listening to me. I'm not here. The cradle could be a simulation because they know Bernard is a host and they know he's got a secret. So they're letting him go through his loop, essentially. Multiple loops. Multiple loops to find what they're looking for. Yes. To find answers. Because you've got this just after the event where he's with Charlotte. They're trying to find Peter Abernathy. They go in. He uncovers this new base where he learns a bit more about what Delos are up to, but it's all, oh no, security aren't coming to save us yet. (laughs) It'll be a while. Charlotte doesn't even, is not scared about the fact that his DNA isn't, you know, he he can just get through the door. Mm -hmm. All of the drones are looking at him a bit funny. You've got the simulation possibly where they're back in the Mesa current day, two weeks later. You've also got this idea that he's with Elsie. Right. There's a lot. Of, what would be? Does it make sense to you? Does it? Does it add uh, up? No. 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 I'll be I'm honest. When I mentioned when I heard them mention Cradle last night, my automatic reaction was to think that it was the place where James Delos had been, mm-hmm. and it's where they create their hosts and basically take them through the process, get past the glitches, get them to a working level yeah so that's where they're born that's where they're reared mm-hmm. almost that's all that's maybe layman's terms for me yeah. but that's what i thought it was it could i mean when the... it's maybe too simple for the show <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I think what you said about elsie potentially not being real i could buy into that because she was bludgeoned or you know by bernard she has been in a cave like surviving on rations and as soon as she, you know, she's fairly compassmentous, you know, she's she looks fine, she looks great. I don't believe, like, if that was a real human, they wouldn't look like that. I feel like there'd be a lot more complaints. Absolutely. <laughs> from her, you know? Yeah. like She's like, oh, I don't trust you. You're too right. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> you know, there's at least be a, I'm a bit hungry, can I have a wee seat before yeah. we start this? Also, there was no sign of a loo. Yeah. Oh, no, there was a bucket. There was a bucket, so, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it being a pleasant experience. (laughs) But yeah, so they mentioned, I think it's the first episode, one of the security task force mentions that floor 42 to 45 are on fire and we've lost the cradle. So the theory is, is that they've brought that up so that Bernard doesn't believe he's in the cradle. Right, okay. He doesn't, because to him, the cradle's gone now. So potentially, everything we've seen of Bernard so far could actually be a simulation? Yes. Oh, Westworld. Laura, I, I don't want to rain on your parade, but we've, all, we've already experienced your guesswork. This, though, I mean, this is not is just... this not yours? This, this is, is not me, no. this right, is the okay. internet. And as we know, you can believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> Every single thing on the internet is factually accurate. <laughs> but yeah, I, it makes more sense to me this one than the Bernard as Teddy one. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. That that's a good point. I, I'd rather have this come true than the Bernard as Teddy, 
Because I think the Bernardis Terry one is just too ridiculous. My prob- my only concern with the cradle theory is that... Here she goes. She's thrown no, doubt into the mix now, Mac. I know, this is me just hedging <laughs> my bets. Yeah. Lobbing the grenade into her own theories. <laughs> Hedge my bets for next week when it turns out it's completely wrong. Mm. And then I can play back the tape. <laughs> can play back the podcast to prove. Um, the only thing is, what are they trying to find out from him? What do they want to know? Because Bernard doesn't appear to know that much. But like he, he only just found out that he was a host himself. Yeah, and he doesn't even know what time it is. Yeah. But he's done things for on behalf of Ford mm-hmm. that he can't remember. So what other things has he potentially done for Ford or even the man in black that they need to find out? He is he is good he must have some key memories that they're trying to figure out. Or is it the red marble of thoughts that he picked up two episodes ago? Yeah, where is from that? From the lab. Where did that go? Where did that go? Well, it might still be in his pocket. You know? Yeah, someone should just check his jacket. <laughs> his <Maybe>. locker. <laughs> <laughs> check a sofa he sat on. It'll be like a credit card. It'll just have worked its way down there with all the change. <laughs> yeah, I. it makes more sense to me. I, I am not great at picking up on when he has the scar and when he doesn't have the scar. I never looked that closely, but it would, yeah, there there has to be more than just the makeup artist forgot to put it on him. Yeah, oh yeah. The, I yeah, mean, it's, it's not a continuity error. No, it's too detailed no, a show. never in this show. <laughs> it's too detailed a show for them to make that mistake. Um, but I, initially, when I heard that theory with the, the scar, I started looking for it. Now I've kind of stopped because I, I don't know how they're going to reveal you know, oh, there's a scar or something like that. You know, how are they actually going to reveal that in a cool way without being so obvious? Yes, yes. I If it is the cradle, I'm fine with it being the cradle more so than if it is that it turns out he's Teddy and they've they've fixed him and they've patched him up and put him back out. Mm-hmm. Although, the next... This is me just flip-flopping <laughs> my bet. Like, oh, flip-flop. Um, the trailer for the next episode, yeah. Phase Space, shows Bernard entering the cradle with Elsie. So they find... The, well, one of the lines that Elsie says is the cradle is fighting back. So has, does the cradle have sentience? Like, is it just, is it glitching itself? What's the deal there? Um, you can't access the cradle remotely because you can never access these things remotely. So, so, that means that, like this. so that means that then Maeve would never be able to access it with her new super duper powers. She would have to go find it. Right. So, so the cradle is that thing that he... he he goes into and he puts on his head. Yeah, kind of like... Um, well, like Charles like Xavier's. Charles, exactly, Charles Xavier's See, I wasn't, helmet. Helmet. I wasn't thinking yeah. as high-tech as that. I was thinking more it looked like the uh, time machine that Napoleon Dynamite's brother buys <laughs> from that magazine <laughs> and he has to put in the crystals. <laughs> it did. When I saw it in the trailer, I did think, oh, the budget must have ran out. Like, <laughs> either they've made it look like spectacularly not that exciting yeah. to prove a point that it's this maybe older bit of technology, but you're going, you guys have all these hosts kicking about mm-hmm. looking miraculously amazing and then you have this cradle that looks like it's made out of brass <laughs> yeah. like, this heavy weighty thing that no one can access unless they go to the room that's inconvenient they've not thought this one through um so elsie's there bernard's there bernard puts the helmet on there's a scene of bernard at the mariposa looking at teddy who seems normal like yeah a so he's teddy. kind of in that let's almost yeah, yeah but Teddy doesn't see him, yeah. so he's kind of 
uh, almost almost like a guess. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. projected. Because if the cradle is a simulator, it could be that they run the other hosts through simulations to see how they would act. Yeah. In certain situations, so to make sure like the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like virtual reality within their yeah. constructed reality. Yes. So, yeah. To make. To make uh, yeah. sure things run smoothly for a narrative. Yeah, like if something goes wrong, here's how this host would react. They wouldn't burn everything down and try and take over Westworld. Awkwardly, they all have. <laughs> um, and Good the, going, guys. There's a few scenes in the trailer of Teddy um, looking all black hat, doing a, doing a sort of CSI, picking stuff up off the ground with his hat over his eyes. So it looks as though he's oh. going to be full, full flow next episode. Oh, he's so brooding he's now. So... He's so brooding. <laughs> Teddy. Look at him looking Evil at things Ted. on the ground. <laughs> and um and sad news, Peter Abernathy getting subjected some tests against as well. <sighs> so still not going great for Peter Abernathy. Yeah, Peter's no. having a hard time. Still not. He's still not enjoying it. Um one article that I found recently, Gary, oh. has lowered his head in fear. Um <laughs> was from the New York Times. So this was the mid-season episodes. We're five episodes in. We've only got five more to go. It's getting a bit, you know, everything's going to have to start making sense soon or I'm going to still, you know. <laughs> I'm convinced they're going to leave it until episode eight or nine before they try and yeah. tie oh, up absolutely. the loose it'll, Yeah, and it'll be like one sentence and you'll go, oh. Get the subtitles <laughs> on, <go>. people. <laughs> so the NY Times did an article, seven big things we still don't know mid-season. They've put seven questions up. So I just thought I'd ask them and just gut instinct what we think the answers are. So the first one is, what is the door? Because we know that the man in black has been told this door is for him. The Westworld season two was like subtitled the door. Um, right. What do we think the door is that the man in black's looking for? I'm not good at these guessing games, Laura. You think it's a literal door, don't you? I, I literally right. do think it's a physical you, door with right, a you handle. You go physical and I'll go metaphorical. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> what what is, colour is it? That's a, that could be it's any It's painted colour. black. Ah. Uh, uh, was it red ones? It was red ones, but I wanted it painted black. Mac just went so next level. I'm so proud. <laughs> um, what is the weapon? Right, I'm going to go literal, and then you can go metaphorical. <laughs> you already think it's a nuclear weapon. We're all no. I, I, I genuinely no. I, I genuinely think it's a button that can basically just shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to believe that as well. I I wonder if it's something to do with the cradle. <laughs> oh. I wonder if it's that. If it is a massive simulator and they can run all the stuff through it and it's got all this power, maybe it's something that shouldn't get out there. No, I, I actually think I'm going to say the the weapon is the collective data of everybody who's the, been at the parks. Um, what is the story behind that sea of floating bodies? Um, I, Pool party gone wrong. Yeah, uh, Bernard hit a button and then all the water came out like yeah. a water park or something. I'm, yeah. I'm con- well, did they not say in this episode that they were draining the, the reservoir as well? Yeah, so they were. There is, a, there is a chance that, because they looked at the water as if, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that somebody's flipped a switch and yeah. it's, lit, it's filled. There must be like, yeah, a kind of underwater or a sewer system or something that can can do that. I wonder though if there is an element of lemmings, almost a lot of falling each other yeah, off the cliff yeah. when they've yeah. flashed. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if a few of them have been wiped and maybe someone's done something and, and mm-hmm. Teddy's there, because there's not that many noticeable faces so far mm, in the no. bodies, only really Teddy. So yeah. and we know he's going to be glitching soon from well, maybe Teddy's telling episode. them to do it and then he jumps off at the end. Could be. Could well, be. We would, I mean, let's be honest, we'd do whatever a woman tells us to do. <laughs> I'm scared of Dolores. Is this, is this just bringing back... <laughs> We're simple beings. Yeah. <laughs> is this just bringing back some sort of like sad breakup stories for I'm you? I'm Teddy. That, yeah. 
This girl once told me she didn't like me and I had to be more badass, so I bought a black cowboy hat and then she dumped me anyway. Yeah, because it was 2004 and nobody wears a hat. Um, why did Bernard swipe the control unit from the secret lab? Is that the red thing? The red thing. The red marble. Because he was told brains. to by Ford. That's what that's, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm under the impression that he was instructed to. He, yeah, he was. He didn't really know he was doing it. He was just told to. How will Maeve use her new voice? Um, I don't even want to guess. What's yeah. more killing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not, I, giving, I don't, I don't, not giving people a free choice, <laughs> Maeve. <laughs> I, think she, I think she might, if she comes face to face with Dolores, try it, find that she's met her equal. And then we'll just have two people staring intensely at each other, <laughs> trying to overpower each other. You know, though, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, though, that would be beautifully shot and lit. Oh, it would. Oh, yeah. oh it'd, be, it'd be stunning. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch that. Um, what will happen to the contents of Peter Abernathy's head? I think it's going to get extracted potentially in the next episode. I think they're going to find something. I hope it's soon because he Trash doesn't Trash can, look. empty. <laughs> <laughs> empty recycling bin done. Yeah, I, um, I I think it might get transferred to something else because he doesn't... Or someone else. Or someone else. Yeah. This someone that can cope with that amount of information. Maeve. Yeah. I'm not too sure if anyone can. That's sort of... How would they find her? How would they get her to do that, considering that she's... In oh, yeah, she, yeah. Well, yeah, she's rocked up in Japan's Edo period. <laughs> First of all, yeah, I uh, I, I kind of hope, um, obviously we're big fans of Lewis Hertham and we're big fans of Peter Abernathy, so any more Peter Abernathy storyline is good, mm-hmm. is good. but I really hope that in the next episode they... Stop torturing them. Well, so yeah, basically, well, yeah, that's, that's it. My... I, just, I just would like him to... And, and it would be interesting, if they take that data out, does he get to stay Peter Abernathy? Will he be really annoyed about this? Well, that's my thought. Like, if, if they take this information out of his head... Is, is that, that the end of him? Is that wiping him? Yeah, is that wiping him? That's uh, because it's so it's much difficult. information. I hope not. But yeah. uh, Can you get the hankies? Yes. Oh. That'll be that'll be sad. The last one, the last question. What's up with William's daughter? Anger. She's a good swimmer. Great swimmer. Good mm-hmm. at fighting off tigers. Yep. Um I want to see more of her in the next episode, hopefully, or in future episodes to come. I want to see how that relationship plays out. Yeah. I think there is a longer story there. I think there's going to be an interesting dynamic because there was a look in both their faces as if they weren't expecting to see each other, no. but there's a grudging respect for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did well uh, the man in black did say that his his daughter wouldn't mind him. Uh, you know when they had that conversation with Lawrence and Lawrence said I wouldn't want my daughter to see me be getting slaughtered and uh, well we went well mine would (laughs) so I think that you're right Gary I think there's a kind of grudging respect but I don't think they necessarily like each Mm -hmm. other I would like to know more about what she was there searching for and I would like to see whether she's going to be open with her dad or whether they're both going to be playing different games. I'm impressed, Laura. You you think everybody's got an ulterior motive? (laughs) Everyone does have an ulterior motive. (laughs) Everyone does. No, well, her, um, when she rocked up with her notepad and the drawings and the fact that she was kicking about the Raj by herself, it wasn't like she just went to Westworld to go yeah. find her dad. She had other stuff on that a tiger rudely interrupted. <laughs> she has ended up in Westworld. I think she's making the best of a bad situation. And I wonder if she'll just go along with the man in black and what the man in black's up to. And then we'll discover later on that actually she was looking for something else there could be there could be a double turn a big heel turn from Emily double cross oh yeah yeah. oh I'd love that oh easily just anything to make the man in black's life a little bit shakier yeah 
He's having too easy a ride of it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, aside from the discovering that he had to play the game on his own with no help, he's, it's been pretty easy going for him. Yeah. He just does a lot of really nice monologues and gets his own way mm-hmm. <laughs> in the past few episodes. I, w- I would like it now to be his daughter messing things up for him. Yeah. Causing a bit of chaos. Ah, well, all interesting points. And I am sure we will be back in no time discussing how I was wrong about many things <laughs> in the next podcast. So once again, our time in the park is up. Thank you, Mac and Gary, for Thank joining you. me Thank you very much. once again for this post-Westworld therapy session. Um, check out our interview with the excellent Lewis Hertham if you haven't already. It's up on the podcast streaming service of your choice. We'll be back next week for episode six, Phase Space. If this podcast makes you happy, please rate and subscribe us. Subscribe to us. Don't subscribe us. That's <laughs> no. Don't subscribe us to random mailing lists. That'd be weird. GDPR. GDPR, exactly. Um, follow us on Twitter. We're at Way Out Westworld. We're off to enter a deep and restless slumber. Until next time, this has been Way Out Westworld. 